Hello and welcome everyone to our 33rd session of Hallo Casa. My name is Michael and today I'll be talking to Daniel Russo Di Vito from Lodi, New Jersey. Today we'll be talking about uh, real estate in New Jersey, New York, learn about uh, the suburbs such as Orange County, Westchester, Rockland, Bronx, how Daniel started uh, as a real estate agent, her first steps, her educational videos she's also conducting, uh, what first-time buyers are looking for when they, when they buy a ho home, um, the real estate processes in uh, New Jersey as much as, as um, in New York and also in general. Um, Daniel actually has obtained a vast amount of awards, of real estate awards, which I'm super curious about to learn about more. And she right now works for Keller Williams, uh, the big brokerage firm. So Daniel, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you. You're the first person from New York, from the New Jer Jersey area. So uh, happy to, be, uh, to have you on the show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself quickly to our audience? Thank you so much for having me. Um, so yes, I'm Danielle Rosadovito. I have been a real estate agent for about six years now. I work with Keller Williams. My office is in Ridgewood, New Jersey, but I service all of uh, Northern New Jersey and upstate New York. So basically all of the towns right outside Manhattan. Um, a lot of different areas, uh, Bergen County, Passaic County, Essex County, Hudson County, and then Rockland County, New York, Orange County, New York, Westchester, New York, and the Bronx, which the Bronx is still considered one of the boroughs of Manhattan, but it is part of my Hudson County MLS, um, Hudson Valley MLS system. So I do service that area. That's great. Um, tell us a little about uh, this bit. Well, introduce to us a little bit the suburbs of of, uh, of New York City and also uh, what what are the the uh, interest uh, the interesting fields of working exactly in that zone and why should maybe also people invest in exactly in those in those areas. So a lot of people um, that live in Manhattan or work in Manhattan. They either, when they live there, they tend to move outside of Manhattan when they start having kids because the school district isn't really the best in the city. Um, and also, you know, they would like to raise their kids, you know, with a bigger home. Um, people that work in the city tend to live outside the city uh, just because you get a lot more for your money. You get a lot more space. It's much cheaper. And there's a lot of mass transit that goes straight into the city. And you can be either within you know, 20 minutes to an hour, depending on how, you know, far out do you want to go. Okay. So that's the reasons why a lot of people come out, you know, from the city or outside from the city and they live in the suburbs. Okay. So I can expect that there are a lot of families living in those, in those suburbs. And that's why obviously like most probably also has a huge potential still for appreciation and value of the real estate market, because right now the house market in New York city is like skyrocketing or how can I, how yes. can I think so? Manhattan is just so expensive. I mean, there's just nothing. I mean, you could get a closet for half a million, 600,000. So uh, it's just so expensive. Not everybody can really afford it. Um, it is definitely a luxury if you want to be inside the Big Apple. Um, but a lot of people will live either like right outside, right up across the river in like Jersey City, Hoboken, which still kind of has the same pricing as Manhattan. Um, the further north that you go, it gets cheaper. You get a lot more for your money, a bigger house or a bigger condo. Um, so it really all depends on the, the client's price point. Um, and it's not just families that come to the suburbs. Uh, there is a lot of, you know, first time home buyers, you know, couples, singles, 
everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, there's all different areas for everyone. Um, it depends, like closer to the city, it does get a little more city-like feel, mm -hmm. uh, more, but then the farther north you go, it gets a little more rural, like, you know, a lot more land. You definitely would need a car to drive to certain places. Okay, I understand. Um, tell, tell us a little about, about your um, about your beginnings um, during the um, during your career. So you started. Um, when did you start in um, um, in your real estate um, in your real estate business? Like, and what also what did you do before? So I started real estate when I was. 22 years old. I was right out of college. Um, before that, I was working in various customer service positions. I worked in my father's restaurant, you know, since I was able to work, which is, I think, like 14 or 15 years wow. old. Um, so I started off as a um, as doing the meal prep in the kitchen. And then I was a cashier, a hostess. And then I ended up being the assistant manager. And then from there, I started real estate full time. Um, I got into real estate because when I was 22 or 21, I bought my first condo in Suffern, New York, which is in Rockland County. Um, and I just love the whole process of going online, looking for homes and then seeing them. And that just, I love working with people and yeah. I loved homes. So why not sell homes? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, and then I got my real, I saved up money for a year because in real estate, it's commission based. So you have to, you know, have somewhat of a, you know, savings account in case, you know, once you start building your business. So I saved up my money. I took the real estate course, passed it and then started, you know, the business and it just took off from there. Um, I'm curious about the process of uh, getting or becoming a real estate agent. Uh, maybe other listeners also are, are curious uh, who, who are considering um, to enter the entire field. Um, I heard that it, the first years are the toughest and you that you have to have like some savings as you had um, in order to survive the first months or even years. Um, how much, especially most probably that's also different for each region in the US. For the region you're in, how much would you recommend everyone when they start in the real estate uh, business as a real estate agent to have saved um, upfront? So, I mean, it really depends on your situation. Mm -hmm. If you're still living at home with your parents, you don't have rent to pay, then you won't need to save as much as if someone is living on their own, has a mortgage payment, a rent payment, a car payment, you know. So, I mean, for me, I wasn't a normal 21-year-old. I yeah. already lived on my own. So I, I saved about $8,000. I mean, it probably only lasted me about four months. Okay, so months. yeah, my, my question was towards like the run rate. Uh, run rate. So um, how many months do you think you should definitely like um, be able to survive without? Like four months you think is enough? So, I mean, for real estate, it depends on, well, it depends on the market. So like right now, you definitely would be able to... Um, get a lot more all right let, let me rephrase this so right now when I started the, the market wasn't that good so it took me a little longer to start making money but now in this market it's so hot that even if you came in the market starting off you could get business okay so you know starting off right now if you wanted to come in you know if you go under it like a big top producers belt you can then start making money, you know, within a 
one or two months. But when I came on the market, it, the market wasn't that good. It was 2013. We were still kind of picking up from the market crash that we had in 2008. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why it took a little longer for me. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, concerning the license, how does that work? In, so, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so it's a 75-hour course. Mm -hmm. I definitely suggest everybody to, if they want to get licensed and you're like 18, I would get licensed at 18 years old because I'm telling you, once you're in the business for a while, you, you can really grow and be, you'll be young still and be a top producer. Okay. So um, you can be 18 years old to get your license. Mm -hmm. It's a 75-hour course for both New York and New Jersey. Um, once you complete the 75 hours, you take your test and then um, you pass the school test and then you have to pass the state exam and then you get your license. Okay. Uh, how much is it, more or less? Um, you know, I think that when I did it, it was about, I think, $400. Mm -hmm. It should be okay. about that. Okay, mm -hmm. something affordable. It's not like a ripoff. Okay, okay. Um, and th then I can just start on my own as a real estate agent. I can just uh, try to get my own deal flow and work independently or am I always supposed to work directly with a brokerage if someone accepts me? So as a new agent, you'll be a salesperson, so you will have to have um, a company hold your license. Okay. Uh, the only way that you'll be able to go independently on your own is uh, get your broker's license, but you have to be licensed first for three years full-time as a salesperson in order to go for your broker's license, and then you would have to take another uh, another course. Okay. So, it's about 78 hours in New York and 120 hours in New Jersey. And then you do the same thing. You take a school exam, pass that, and then a state exam, you pass that. Um, I do advise you to go under a broker. I mean, Keller Williams is an amazing company. Um, you, have the, you, know, you can get to 100% you know, once you hit a certain cap. And you know, honestly, running numbers, for you to run your own company, it costs maybe about or more than your cap at Wait, wait, okay. You're a little bit too fast for me uh, considering the terms. I mean, it's super, super interesting. Uh, just to make sure I'm, I'm getting that right. Um, you're talking about 1% of what? Your commission, your split. So okay. now when you go under a, a brokerage, you have a commission split. So when you go independently, then you don't have a split. Sure. Then you're just, so what I'm saying is, is that instead of opening up your own company and having all this overhead and mm -hmm, liability mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's better to go under another brokerage mm -hmm. where you don't have to worry about that overhead mm -hmm. and liability and you and still you get to 100 percent. okay exactly you can still get to 100 percent. okay and cap as per as well commission cap i assume yeah once once keller williams makes their cap then you get 100 percent um from then on until your anniversary year recycles. And you know, if anyone has any questions about Keller Williams, um, they can definitely message me and I would be more than happy to help them with that. Okay, great, super interesting. Um, do you guys also work between, um, across brokerage, uh, brokerages? So if I have like, uh, I don't know, a deal flow comes from one side to the other or is it only within one brokerage? How does that work? No, so there is a multiple listing system mm -hmm. and they're all there's the multiple listing system is for different areas. So mm -hmm. um, let's say the house is in Bergen County, you put in New Jersey MLS mm -hmm. and the listing will be uh, good for anyone a part of New Jersey MLS. So any brokerage, any agent in the, in the New Jersey MLS can access that listing. And then what we do is we give out a buyer's agent commission. So we split the commission that the seller is paying us 
with the other agent. So we do cooperate with other companies. Okay, so there are always two agents normally involved, one from the buyer side and from one, one from the seller side? Yes. Okay. If it is, if it's uh, the listing agent handling both sides, that's considered dual agency. Okay, interesting. Okay, and then it, it's just a free market kind of, like it doesn't really matter uh, which brokerage it is, and then you, you just uh, try to get the deal flow and, and, and transa transaction is done based on based on the uh, based on the match kind of yeah mm -hmm. okay interesting okay and you also um, it is very common in the US to uh, to have the open houses and um, to um, to have like the transactions being done via this one so I assume that the the buyer side broker or agent always then organize the open houses and then invites a lot of a lot of um, agents from from the other from the uh, seller side or how does it work so the listing agent yeah. is the one that's representing the seller. So the listing agent will um, handle all the marketing for the property, advertising, the open houses, handling all of the showings, the calls. Um, and then if, let's say, another agent has the buyer, then that agent would make a call to the listing agent mm -hmm. to make an appointment to view the property Okay. and then show their buyer. Okay. Sorry, if mostly those are super basic questions for me, it's still it's, it's still super okay. it's super interesting <laughs> because it, uh, it, uh, every every country and every market has uh, has uh, his particularities. So it's super interesting to talk about that. And thank you so much for guiding us through it. Um, now you're also doing some educational videos. Um, is that also related to the um, to the license you uh, people can can obtain, or what are you doing exactly? So my educational videos, I have it under hashtag AskDangel. Um, basically, I'll do a video once in a while. I try to do it once a week, but um, you know, sometimes work gets busy, sure. but I try to do it more often. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I did was a, each video of every step of the buying process. So one video would be the first step, then the, the other video would be the second step. So I would do the whole buying process I would educate people on the difference between short sales and foreclosures, um, educate people on loans, um, staging in the winter time on what to do in order to avoid um, frozen pipes, you know, all of those type of videos to educate, you know, the buyers and the sellers. I definitely I do on Ask Day Now. Okay, that's interesting. So uh, since you just mentioned it, uh, walk us, uh, maybe give us some, some uh, basic steps on the, on the buying process, maybe in general, and then also some differences between uh, New York and New Jersey, if you don't mind. Sure. So the first step is actually getting a pre-approval letter. So what you could do is if you do have a realtor already that you are going to work with, you can ask them for recommendations on a loan officer. Um, and then basically you'll get pre-approved. And then you give the pre-approval letter to your um, real estate agent so they can help you find a house that's within your comfortability. So a lot of people think like, they just go on like a, a calculator and just kind of punch in numbers and not really understand how much, like what's involved with the monthly payment mm -hmm. um, and how much cash that, that they will need to close. So basically what a loan officer will do is they'll explain everything. They'll explain to you how much uh, money that you have that you'll need towards the down payment how much money you'll need towards the closing costs and then kind of get an idea of where do the buyer feel comfortable spending monthly because mm -hmm. sometimes a buyer can qualify for a lot more money than what they want to spend because mm -hmm. everyone lives a different lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So um, 
you know, once you figure out what monthly payment you feel comfortable spending and then how much cash that you have in order to close, then I can know how much, um, the, the, you know, what kind of house that we're looking for, you know, the purchase price and, um, how much the taxes are as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Once I've done that, what would be the next step? So then we would start looking for homes. So it's the fun part. We go and to look at houses and, you know, see all different types of styles. And then, you know, as your realtor, I would find out what you like, what you don't like, and then find you your dream home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and this is definitely like being done with you and you would definitely like guide us through, uh, through, um, throughout the, uh, the, the house buying uh, process and also the entire um, search of the, of the home. Yeah, so I basically would guide you from start to finish. Yeah. So I would, I have a whole team of recommended loan officers for mm -hmm. you if you need okay. a loan officer. I have recommended home inspectors when we get to that point. Mm -hmm. Recommended attorneys when we get to that point. So, um, and then basically what I do is guide you, answer all your questions, and hold your hand from start to finish. Okay. Uh, once I found a, a house or an apartment or a condo, what I like, what would be the next step then? The next step would be submitting an offer. <laughs> so basically what I would do is uh, pull up comparable houses that sold in the last six months and see what they sold for. And then that would kind of give us an idea of where we should come in with an offer. Mm -hmm. um, then once we submit the offer, so like this is where New York and New Jersey get different. So yeah. in New York, you submit a purchase agreement. In New Jersey, you submit a standard contract with your offer in it, okay? Now in New York, if your offer is accepted, then you do your home inspection first, then you go under contract. In New Jersey, if your offer is accepted, you go into attorney review for three to five business days. Mm -hmm. And then after attorney review, you go under contract and then you have 14 calendar days to do your home inspection. So I really like New Jersey's process better because in New Jersey, you're already under contract. So you're protected during that home in inspection ah, okay. um, period. But in New York, you're not. So another offer can come in and kind of bump you out and mm -hmm. you're out on your home inspection money. So okay. that's the difference between New York and New Jersey in that Got part it. of the process. So so that means the from the attorney's um, situation, both parties are kind of locked in. So it's kind of a, it, it's kind yeah. of security. You also conduct a security deposit there, like kind of say uh, reserving the, the property by, by paying a fee. Yes. So once you sign the contract, you give an earnest money deposit that will be then go towards the closing costs at the closing table. Okay. Okay. Um, then what is missing obviously uh, signing the deed or how do you call it the contract um, yeah the contract yeah and this is being done in um, before the attorney or, or the notary or how does that work all right so in new jersey you're going under contract first right so you're signing with the attorneys yeah. then you do your home inspection yeah in new york you do your home inspection first then you negotiate the home inspection terms, then you go under contract. Mm -hmm. Now, during the home inspection, because I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, um, during the home inspection, uh, you do a basic home inspection with a home inspector, and then it depends, uh, you do an oil tank sweep to make sure that there's no underground oil tanks. Oh, really? Because okay. if, 
Yeah, because if there's an underground oil tank, then you have to then do a soil test to make sure that it didn't um, sure. leak and that there's no contamination. Yeah. Uh, if there's a septic tank, then you have to do a septic inspection, and if there's a well, then you have to do a, a you know okay. a well inspection. So those are some parts it's... of New York and New Jersey have um, well water and septic, and some parts are natural gas and municipal sewers. So. Yeah. But it's good that it's required, you know, it's, it, uh, I mean, it's a very good um, security for the buyer, I assume, to make sure that, yeah. you know, the buyer is not misled. Well, there's a lot of realtors that don't educate the buyers and tell them that they have to do these inspections. So that's why I'm kind of telling you now, because, you know, in case anyone out there is watching and they have a real estate agent, now they can be like, well, shouldn't I be doing a septic inspection? Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't I be doing a well you know, inspection? So, um, yeah, it's really important to also hire a real estate agent that knows what they're doing. Um, is very knowledgeable. Okay, as well. so that means it is not by law; it is not required, but you you're supposed to, or you should do it, and just to yes. save yourself. Okay. Yes, of course. Okay, absolutely. I mean, uh, okay. You're doing your due diligence. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that what you're buying is not a money pit. So. Absolutely. Okay. Um, the next step would be then already. Uh, then how does it work? Where does the land registry come in place? That's when that's with the contract directly, or uh, or do you have that or title company like some somewhere they at the I don't know at any um, institution where everything is stored that uh, it says that is really also my house or my my condo or my land. How does that work? Okay, so then after you do your home inspection, everything is good. You're still moving forward and you're under contract. Then the low. The you're getting a little ahead of yourself. So uh, basically, then the lender, the loan officer, is going to order appraisal, and then the attorney is going to order title. What you just said, right? Because okay. title takes about like two to three weeks to come in, and what title is going to do is they're going to pull all the permits, make sure that there's no open permits, make sure that there's all necessary permits on the property, that it has its certificate of occupancy. So basically what that means is that Uncle Joe didn't finish the basement yeah. without a permit, <laughs> you yeah. know, or yeah. out in a bathroom without getting the proper, you know, paperwork and inspections. Um, also in title, it makes sure there's no liens. Um, it'll pull up all of the mortgages on the property to make sure that they're all paid off at closing. Yeah. Um, and then the appraisal will be ordered. And basically what that is, is um, someone's going to come in and appraise the property to make sure that it is, you know, being sold for what it's worth. Because yeah. the bank will only lend out 80% the value of the house. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm jumping maybe. I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm a little bit too fast, but I'm, I'm impressed about all the steps, <laughs> especially like the way you lay them out. Because it's exactly, I think, the way to go to not jump like anything because it's a very important like one of the most important uh, purchases someone uh, yes. someone conducts in a, in a lifetime so you really may want to make sure that uh, that um, that this is being properly done and also maybe do do one one due diligence more than than uh, than uh, than one too little um, you also mentioned before the term foreclosure was that exactly what, what does it exactly um, relate to and how's also the market over there uh, working considering that one so okay 
So let me just explain what a foreclosure is first. So mm -hmm. a foreclosure basically means that the bank has fully taken the over on the house because the person that owned it wasn't paying the mortgage. So after, after someone doesn't pay the mortgage for a certain time, I would say about anywhere between, you know, six months to a year and a half, the bank will then take the house back mm -hmm. and the title will then be transferred back into the bank's name. Mm -hmm. So then the bank owns the property and they want to obviously, let, you know, sell it. Mm -hmm. So then they put it on the market or they'll put it into auction and they'll sell it to somebody else. Now, foreclosures, either sometimes they're in good condition, sometimes they're in terrible condition. Mm -hmm. Because just think, if somebody's not paying the mortgage, they're definitely not maintaining the house. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, so the house is in very bad condition. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they actually vandalize the house. Sometimes they take all of the copper piping. Um, they take all the appliances. So, you know, sometimes you'll go in really disgusting foreclosures mm -hmm. and sometimes you'll go in really nice ones. So it really mm -hmm. depends. Um, the bank will price it according to condition. Mm -hmm. So um, now the difference, now a foreclosure, now there's short sales. Yeah. A short sale basically means that the uh, person that owns the house bought it for more money than what it's worth. Like, I guess the market went down, you yeah. know, and, and now they either can't afford the house or um, they need to move. Yeah. So basically they have to get an offer on the house first. It has to go under contract. And then that contract has to be submitted to the bank because the bank is taking a loss on the difference. Okay. So they have to approve the sale. So they have somebody come out, do their homework, do a, another, you know, appraisal to make sure that it's being sold for market value and not under market value. Um, those are also sometimes in bad shape because somebody that obviously can't afford the house obviously isn't maintaining it. Um, and now the re yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. The reason why there's so many short sales and foreclosures nowadays is because we did have a market crash in 2008. Yeah. So because we mar we had the market crash in 2008 was because in 2005, six and seven was the peak of the market. It just mm -hmm. kept going up, 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 up. And they were giving out mortgages like they were candy. Yeah. And um, then when the market crashed, a lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah. They couldn't afford the house anymore. And that's basically why a lot of foreclosures happened sure. in short sales. Okay, and therefore the market is definitely as accessible as any other normal home, home buying, uh, as a normal home buying process uh, or, a, sorry, home buying market. So I can also decide to just look and screen the market for foreclosures, I assume. Yes, you can do that. I mean, it really depends. I mean, they're going to need a lot of work. So sometimes they don't qualify for regular conventional financing. So you'll yeah. need either to do a renovation loan or um, cash. Um, but it really depends on the type of person, you know, what kind of person you are, if you're handy, if you're ready for a project. Um, but you know, it's a seller's market right now. Yeah. There is a lot of buyers, not enough inventory. So, I mean, the market's really good right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you as a real estate agent, what would you give for, for tips to someone um, who, who wants to start, who wants to start the, the profession and say, you know, um, something you have to take care of or something you have to be aware of before you start, um, you know, it is, it has these and these ups, upside, but it, upsides, but it also has like some, some downsides. Um, give us your, maybe your, your opinion about um, being a real estate agent in this in this region because I think like it's one of the most vibrant areas to be a real estate agent in 
uh, almost worldwide. So, so what's also your daily, your daily, um, um, your, your daily routine and, and, and your normal work workday look like? So for anyone that's coming into the business, I'll just tell you right now, um, you do make your own schedule. A lot of people like to get into this business because of that. But you will work more than a nine-to-five job. Mm -hmm. the, your phone will not go off. You know, I mean, will not stop. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be going off all the time. So, I mean, you'll work from like nine to nine sometimes. You'll do 12-hour days or, you know, sometimes you may not, you know, have anything to do in one day. It really depends. But it, you're commission-based. So, however many hours you put into the business, it will result in your paycheck. So, you know, the more hours you put into marketing yourself, networking yourself, um, you know, getting out there, showing houses, that will then, you'll see it in commission checks. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I sometimes, I mean, just think about it. You, during the day, you're doing all your paperwork and your marketing, and then mm -hmm. at night when people are off from work, you're showing houses. Same mm -hmm. thing on the weekend. So really, it's, it's a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. um, but you are your own boss, and you can make your own schedule, and nobody's telling you to work all those hours. It's all up to you. And that's kind of what I... I love yeah. how it's my decision. Um, I will tell you, though, get into real estate because it's the best career. It's so rewarding. It's very difficult at first, but if you can just, you know, hold your head up high and just have a steel armor and get through it, you'll definitely appreciate it and be happy in the end. Great. Wow. Um, tell us a little bit about the about maybe we, we touched upon the um, the uh, suburbs before already. I'm curious about the particularities of uh, of Orange County or Westchester or Rockland. Um, wh why should someone right now um, consider buying? And maybe give us also some some examples of some listings you have to say, okay, you know, this is what you get. And also maybe in comparison to what you already did uh, before, like on a high level, but now a little bit deeper concerning uh, in, in 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 comparison to to New York City. Okay, so Westchester is, I'm going to go from expensive to non -expensive. Sure, yeah, absolutely, perfect. So Westchester is right outside of the city. It yeah. borders the Bronx. Um, it's very expensive because the closer you get to the city, the more expensive it gets. Mm -hmm. So Westchester is more for someone that could afford to probably live in Manhattan, but they want a house rather than a condo. Mm -hmm. um, and they want a short commute. To into the city. Mm -hmm. When you get a little bit cheaper in price, you go to Rockland County. So Rockland County, the housing is, you know, a little less, but, you know, the taxes are a little bit higher, um, but you do have really good schools and you get a lot more land. So you get maybe a quarter of acre to an acre. That's the average in mm -hmm. Rockland. Now, if you want to get even cheaper in price and more for your money, so like more square, you know, a bigger house, but, yeah. you know, for a cheaper price. Yeah. Then you go to Orange County. Okay. Orange County is more land, more farmland, country, mm -hmm. um, has good schools up there as well, but yet you're a little bit further away from the city, about like an hour and a half uh, commute, mm -hmm. and you have a lot more land. You can, you can get like one acre to seven acres, depending mm -hmm. on the town. So it really depends on the type of person and what you're looking for and what kind of, you know, if you like more of a city feel or a medium between city and, and country mm -hmm. or if you like country. Mm -hmm. 
I understand. I mean, I don't see any any point why not moving to to Rockland, for example, once I have a family and 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 uh, a few kids. I mean, uh, they obviously, I think the motivation <laughs> to go downtown is less and less than maybe for someone who is uh, a student or, or single and and works in 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 New York City. Obviously, they are more triggered to to live uh, very close to the city. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you also see this? Let's say this difference in um in uh, for example between westchester and rockland and uh, and orange county that yes you have like a certain demographic which you have more in one in one suburb than in the other you know i mean honestly yes the closer you get to the city it's going to be like you know a lot more younger people yeah. tend to want to be closer to the city but i've been very surprised nowadays that a lot of younger people have been wanting to be in like rockland county and Orange County, okay. um, especially buying their first house, because, you know, if they're just engaged or newly, you know, married and they want to have kids, they want to have that house. They want to have that space. They want to be in a good school district. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, really, it's just it's very diverse. It's all different okay. types of ages. That's nice. That's, that, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's even better because it's not like so it's kind of a monoculture where, where you have like only one of one or the other, uh, depending yes. on where you go. That's that's perfect. Um, Why don't you present us one or two listings um, which you which you have, um, or tell us a little about like what you right now have on your portfolio as an example, so that the audience also can get an idea. Okay, yeah. So currently, I have a listing at Seven Durham Lane in Suffern, New York. Um, the asking price is four hundred and fifty-five thousand. It's four bedrooms, three full bathrooms, and it's perfect for an extended family. It's a bi-level, so. On the first level, that you have three beds, two full bath, a kitchen, living room, dining room. And then in the lower level, you have a living room, dining room, a fully equipped kitchen, one full bed, and one full bath. So if you have, let's say, a family member mm -hmm. or a mother or father, you know, parents or somebody that you want to, you want to live with, but mm -hmm. you want separate spaces, separate entrances, mm -hmm. um, this is the perfect house. It has two-car garage, setback, private quiet nice land um it's a really great house mm -hmm. and one question to that quickly um down payment is 20 percent uh, or it does it depend on my credit score so actually i'm you know i'm actually doing a video on loans okay. so whoever's watching this go check <laughs> acting out we, we will put a link later on to that yeah um but you know you can put as little as three percent down on a conventional loan um, FHA, you can put as little as three and a half percent down. It really just depends on your debt to income ratio. If you have a higher debt to income ratio than FHA, if you have a lower debt to income ratio than conventional. And um, debt to income ratio means yeah. anything like a student loan, a car payment, a mortgage payment, credit card balances versus your so, income. Okay. Uh, FHA? FHA is a government funded loan. Um, and basically the difference between FHA and conventional bet besides the whole debt to income ratio I just yeah. explained, um, you have mortgage insurance for the whole duration of FHA and with conventional, it goes away once you hit 20% equity or you put 20% down. Okay. Mortgage insurance on the financing. FHA. Yeah. On oh, the on, financing. Okay. For, um, for like in annuity or, uh, for 10, 10 so, years. So, um, with FHA, it's, 
for the whole duration of wow. a loan. So if you have a 30-year loan, it's for 30 years, wow. unless you refinance to a conventional. That's amazing. With, yeah, with conventional, it goes away once you hit either 20% equity yeah. or if you put 20% down. Okay. And mortgage insurance, basically, it's like if you're putting less money down, you're a higher risk. Sure. So that's why you have that mortgage insurance in case you were to, let's say, miss a payment or anything like that and you yeah. foreclose on the property, the mortgage insurance kind of kicks in. Yeah. I mean, th you mentioned 3% down payment. Mm -hmm. Is possible based on my debt to income ratio? No, you could put 3% down. Debt to income ratio is just depending if you can qualify for a loan or not. Ah, okay. On what, purchase pr on what purchase price. Okay, wow. So that means like even like it doesn't really, um, it, it's not contingent on the on the debt, debt to income ratio. What for what for and uh, what for down payment I can I can obtain. It only it it only determines exactly like the income uh, the the interest rate I I'm getting I assume. Yeah. So interest rate. Yeah. If the more wow. money you put down, the better interest rate you'll get, plus yeah. what your credit score is as well. Got it. Okay. Um, does it is like talking about the seven hundred thousand? Um, I forgot the exact number, but uh, more or less like seven hundred thousand uh, listing you have right now. So we are talking mm. about like, um, it, yeah, go ahead. It was seven Durham for four hundred fifty-five thousand. Sorry, thank you so much. Four hundred fifty. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so we are talking about like, um, not that much of money we we need in order to to um, to to start the the financing. It's, there it's is closing costs though. Yeah. So your down payment is completely different than closing costs. Yeah. So your closing costs is basically a breakdown of, so in New Jersey, you only need six months of taxes in escrow. In New York, you need one year of taxes in escrow. Also in um, New York, you have mortgage tax. New Jersey, you don't. Then you have your appraisal cost, your survey cost, um, title search, title insurance, um, you know, okay, processing yeah. and recording. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a whole list of them. I mean, I your loan officer will be able to really give you a breakdown. Yeah. But your closing costs can be equivalent, you know, and as three percent a down payment. It could be the same amount. Okay, okay, well, yeah. good to good to know. Okay, more or less like between between uh, one and one and five percent. You ha you have to definitely um, expect for for the closing costs. It can mm -hmm. it can vary a lot. Okay, interesting. Um, okay. Do you have any other listing you would like to present? At the moment, I don't. I have a couple listings coming on within a couple of weeks, um, but you know, I'm not going to discuss those just yet since I'm waiting for um, you know paperwork to be signed. But I mean, I can just I can explain things that I've sold. Um, I've sold anywhere. I've sold condos, houses. I've do, I do commercial as well. Um, anywhere from. Forty thousand dollars to I've sold something for three point seven five million. Wow. So big range. Wow. But every customer gets treated the same. Yeah. And <laughs> same this is customer service. And this is basically always triggered by the one who is looking for, or is it both? Both sides you're trading. Um. So it depends. I mean, some of the listings I was working with the buyers and mm -hmm. some of the listings I was working with the sellers. Mm -hmm. So I'm both a buyer and a seller's agent. Yeah. So I do both. Okay, um, concerning the the value of the of the properties uh, and of the listings, um, you have these awards, which is super impressive, and uh, you have various of uh, of them. 
what is it exactly like for me as an outsider what is it exactly like show is it is it the uh, the, the amount of value you have been uh, you have been able to to um, to close um, how does how do those awards um, look like and how does it work so the awards are based off of volume mm -hmm. and units sold so um, basically there is silver gold platinum and emerald elite um, and it's all based on volume so let's just say you do 3.6 million or 12 million in one year you're gonna be in a different tier mm -hmm. uh, my first year in the business I got rookie of the year for not only my company but for the whole franchise in the USA and Canada but my first year I was actually with a different company I was with better homes and gardens ran realty um, so I got you know, the rookie of the year for the whole Better Homes and Gardens real estate in the whole sure. USA and Canada. So that was super exciting. Wow. Um, my first, second, and third year, I got silver award. My fourth year, I got platinum. And then last year, I got silver. So um, it's just an accomplishment to get an award in general because not everybody gets an award. So yeah. what's I'm your secret grateful. sauce? What's your secret sauce to achieve that? Try to keep selling, keep selling, keep working, <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> Be close to the client as well, I assume. Yes, build relationships. Once it sells, don't just forget about them. You gotta nurture them, keep in contact, follow up. That's gonna be your your referral base. So yeah. your clients are gonna be your new clients are gonna be coming from your past clients, referring yeah. you since you did such a great job. So amazing, amazing. Yeah, Danielle. Uh, so far, I don't have any questions anymore. It was amazing. I, 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 got, I, I learned so many new things about uh, the particularities of New York versus New Jersey, the buying process. You, you got us so much uh, so fast through it. I think I even talked a little bit too much. You could have, um, you could have taken over much more and, uh, because everything you said was uh, like so valuable and, 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 and so interesting. Um, I also learned so much about the Uh, suburbs and the uh, potential of uh, buying buying in the suburbs and also the ease of buying and what I really like about the process you laid out is especially concerning the due diligence like the very importance of really making sure that you're not getting screwed over if I may say so so that you really are not not buying something which which is which is in fact not worth it and um, well I mean it's impressive Your success is, is amazing to see like how many units you have sold and also the, the, the entire volume of, of real estate. Um, are there any final thoughts you would like to, to share with the audience? Yes. Um, so another thing that I don't want you guys, I want you guys to know is if you are looking to get into real estate, um, you know, I definitely, if you have any questions, feel free. I mean, my company is in all of USA, um, so I can definitely help you if you need help with, you know, getting into a Keller Williams or wanting more information. Also, if any of you, um, you can refer clientele throughout, you know, the whole USA and even maybe other countries through a relocation database. So even if, let's say, someone Let's say someone comes to me and says, hey, Danielle, do you have a real estate agent in Virginia? Or, hey, Danielle, I'm uh, looking to move to Virginia. Then what I could do is I could put you in touch with a Virginia agent, and that way you get a referral fee. 
So that's just another added bonus on how to get, you know, more money and also service for your clients. You can put them in touch with a great agent instead of them just finding one on Google and not knowing anything about them. You can put them in touch with a good top producing agent. You then get a little bonus when they buy something or if it sells. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Great. Amazing. Oh, and also... um, Definitely like check out my my website, um, DanielleSellsRE.com. That's also my name on Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. And definitely check out my Ask Danielle videos. Absolutely, Ask Danielle videos. Perfect. I was about to ask you how to to contact you. (laughs) And I saw that you also created a profile on Halokasa, which is amazing. So people can also contact you via via the chat function on Halokasa. Amazing. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for your time. Um, it was amazing. It was, uh, again, like uh, super valuable content and uh, d- deep dive um, on, 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 on steroids, I would say, because it was so fast <laughs> and you get so much, so much of information so fast. Thank you so much. And yeah, have a nice afternoon and uh, we talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.